The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hey, Jason, good to see you again. Hey, Alex. Thank you for doing this on such short notice. Of course. Appreciate it. I'm going to read a quick ad and then we'll get into it. The Big Technology Podcast is sponsored by MediaOcean. Looking for a job in big tech? You might want to take a look at MediaOcean. They were just named by AdAge as the number one place to work in advertising technology. Go to MediaOcean.com slash Big Tech to learn more about the company and check out their careers hub. MediaOcean is building the mission-critical platform for omnichannel advertising. If that sounds cool, or if you just want to find out what those buzzwords mean, hit up MediaOcean.com slash Big Tech and browse their job listings. And big thanks to MediaOcean for supporting the Big Technology Podcast. All right, let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool-headed, nuanced conversations of the tech world and beyond. Well, Jeff Bezos is headed for the door at Amazon, and because it's 2021, uh, the craziest news year on record, we mostly haven't stopped to consider this seismic story and what it means for the business world. Joining us to discuss it is Jason Del Rey, a senior correspondent at Recode and author of a forthcoming book on Amazon's battle with Walmart. He's also the host or the original host of Recode's Land of the Giants podcast, which I'll be co-hosting this year and a little bit more on that in a bit. Uh, But for now, Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Alex. What's going on? So are you deep in book writing life or or are you still reporting day to day normally? I'm doing both right now. I'm doing reporting and writing on nights and Sundays and... um, and eventually we'll take some time to exclusively focus on the book. But right now I'm trying to do both and be a decent or above average father and husband. So I'm not <laughs> succeeding at all of them it's at hard. the same time. Yeah. Each one of those is its own situation, but I do appreciate you making the time. Um, so, you know, we've known each other for a long time. We were, uh, I followed you at AdAge. You, we both reported on AdTech there. I actually remember I was thinking about taking the job. I remember the exact place I was standing when I called you and said, Jason, what do you think about this advertising gauge place? Do you have a good experience there? And you're like, the only place I would ever leave for was all things D. Wow. You remain yeah. there. And now it's Recode. Uh, yeah, it's and- amazing how I said that lie with a straight face. No, I was kidding. I was, I was, <laughs> that was, that, it was you were sincere. Me, it was the place to be for me. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And so... Um, so, and then you moved from covering ad tech to uh, commerce, e-commerce, a lot of Amazon stuff. And I moved from covering ad tech to the tech giants and also was uh, obsessed with Amazon and ended up writing a book always day one title is like the catchphrase of Bezos. So my first question for you, my first real question for you is um, what's, what is <laughs> the deal with us ad tech guys that are just drawn to be obsessed with Amazon, what what do you think is behind it? So, just to back up for one sec, um, I I really did want to work at All Things the uh, with and for you know Kara Swisher, Peter Kafka, and Walt Mossberg, and um, the only job available uh, uh, <laughs> was the commerce gig um, because Peter very uh, I, I covered digital media as well as ad tech, um, and Peter Kafka was covering that well for All Things D. Um, 
Uh, but I've grown to become uh, probably like an e-commerce and retail nerd um, uh, just because so much of our life, for better or worse, revolves around um, buying stuff. I mean, that sounds mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's Amazon true. obviously is uh, Amazon is obvious and, and Amazon is obviously expanded in so many ways that they affect us in other ways. Um, and so I feel like I sort of lucked into covering that company at, at a time in which um, you know, it was pre, uh, pre Alexa when I first started covering the company, um, pre AWS being something that the world knew about because its financial results were public, um, pre Bezos transformation in a lot of ways. Um, and they've only become you mean before more, he was jacked. Um, he may have been jacked, but he was not showing it off yet. <laughs> and so, uh, Anyway, I am fascinated by the company and by the space, um, but it was, uh, I don't think there was any connection between ad tech and, and, uh, and commerce, uh, for yeah. me at least. Oh, it's interesting to hear about your journey. So, um, we're here to talk a little bit about, uh, what Amazon, what the commerce world is going to look like after Jeff Bezos is resigning. Uh, how surprised were you when you saw the news? Uh, when I, when I took a breath and, and, um, and got inside from shoveling my car out outside, which is where I was when the news broke. Um, not great timing. Um, it was not. It was not altogether surprising. I mean, who he chose was definitely not surprising after his other sort of number two, Jeff Wilkie, had announced his retirement. Right, and he chose um, Andy what, Jassy last the year head of yes. AWS. Yeah, um, I, I think, frankly, looking, I think it might have happened sooner if not for the pandemic. Like, I think, I think many people, both inside and outside of Amazon, have made the point that this sort of almost formalizes the way Bezos was um, interacting with the company for a couple of years now, which is working on sort of his, you know, pet projects, early big swings, um, but trying to make time for his other, you know, rocket building and other, you know and increasingly philanthropic initiatives. Um, so, uh, anytime it was going to happen, it was going to feel like a big moment and it is, but, um, when I could digest it for a second, it was not, it was not altogether surprising. Why do you think now is the moment that he's leaving? Uh, there are a couple of theories. One is, you know, he w- maybe he wanted, well, there's three theories and I think they could have all played a role. One is, you know, he was planning to leave before the pandemic and then felt like he couldn't with everything facing the company and society, but his company. And so now, hopefully feeling like we're on the back end of the pandemic and with the vaccines rolling out, that um, it, it would be a fair time to pass the baton. I think for sure, like, does he want to be being, you know, does he want to be testifying in front of different congressional committees more or, you know, have to face that? I don't know anyone that wants to do that. Maybe he'll still have to as the founder and executive chairman, but I, I don't think he wants to spend his time being briefed on that stuff. And I think there's going to be more, more of that to come. Um, and then some people suggested that the exact timing when he'll transfer, you know, will be, um, uh, you know, Amazon will be sort of from a financial perspective, uh, there will be sort of lapping their amazing, growth numbers from the pandemic. And so he'll stick around a couple more quarters, maybe as um, those growth numbers don't look quite as good as we lap those numbers. And so he'll face the, you know, this is a generous 
take, but that, you know, he'll take the brunt of, hmm. you know, if the growth slows down before passing it off to Jassy. But um, I think it's a combination of he has other interests he's been spending time on. The scrutiny, I would imagine he does not want to be the face of it for much longer. And then, uh, and, and then trusting, I think really trusting that Andy Jassy is the person that can make sure this company stays on track. Yeah, I bet all those elements play a role. And personally, uh, I've been watching like every Bezos presentation over the past couple of years. Mm. And the thing that surprised me the most was that he kept saying the most important thing I'm doing is trying to get to space with Blue yep. Origin. Yeah, And I have to think that, you know, Bezos is a type of guy who tries to looks at the output that he's getting from the input of effort. Yep. And he was trying to maximize the output. And I think that He's probably at this point say my effort will be better spent on the Blue Origin stuff. And of course, he'll look at the philanthropy in the Washington Post. But it does seem like it's a battle between Bezos and Elon Musk to get to space. Is that your next book? Is that your next book? The Billionaire Space Race? I think it'll be a pretty good book, actually. Someone's going to get it. Someone's going to write that. Well, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. choosing you if you want it. So. <laughs> the publishers are listening out there. Uh, so, I mean, does that does this change your book at all? You're going to write about Amazon and Walmart? Um, yeah, I, you know. Because Wilkie's uh, also, Wilkie, Wilkie, Jeff Wilkie was the head of Worldwide uh, Consumer and he's out too. So the two big characters inside Amazon, you'd think, are are now leaving. Yeah, Um I'm trying not to give away story ideas, but uh, I, I think there is I think there is something to be said for Bezos stepping aside, Wilkie, um, a guy named Steve Kessel who uh, had, headed the the Kindle project back in the day, but then more recently all the physical store projects like Amazon Go, who announced his retirement, uh, Jeff Blackburn, longtime exec who's been on. Yeah, I, um, it is a new era, um, and so. Obviously, I'll be looking for um, changes. As as far as my book, I think unlike Brad Stone's book, which is an Amazon centric book, right? And Bezos, Bezos book, is on the cover. Um, yeah. uh, uh, I think Brad has some work to do between now and his book <laughs> publishing in May. Um, I I my, my book's not coming out for a bit after that, and so um, I'm not super concerned. Um, uh, Maybe maybe I want Jassy to play a bigger role in this book now than I anticipated, but yeah. um, but uh, that is not high on my stress list, and I have a lot of things on my my yeah. stress list. Oh yeah, so when I was writing Always Day One, I had five CEOs uh, that I was writing about. Yep, Bezos, Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, Satya Nadella, and Tim Cook, and I was like, man, I just hope none of them step down. And I made it like ten months before Bezos went, which. Which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so I you had some talk- Wilkie. You had some Jeff Wilkie in there too. Yeah, Wilkie I- was in, and then Wilkie stepped. I thought Wilkie was going to be the next person in line, but obviously Wilkie must have had a premonition or at least some knowledge that it wasn't going to be him, and that's when he decided to leave. Uh, yep. Jesse obviously stayed, yep. took it over. Um, so uh, I just kind of am curious to hear your perspective on how Amazon as a company changes. And I made this point in my newsletter recently, but. Um, the thing that Amazon and I, you read, a, you wrote a great story about uh, what's going to happen to Amazon under Jassy. The thing about Amazon under Bezos is that it had this retail DNA, and the e-commerce and the retail business is notoriously cutthroat, and every penny matters, and you have to be extremely frugal to beat competitors. And in fact, frugality is one of 
Amazon's principles. Uh, and and Walmart first. And Walmart. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that. Um, so, it, and this has, all, it's been like, I think one of the reasons why Amazon's been so cutthroat, doesn't want to pay any taxes, doesn't want to pay its employees very much, although it's reformed its way in recent years with some encouragement from Bernie Sanders. Uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, and uh, won't, won't, you know, it's one of those companies doesn't serve employees lunch, you know. And then yeah. now Jassy's going to come in and he's coming from not the retail, but the money printing side of the business. Yeah. One that doesn't naturally have those constraints. Yeah. Does that background change the way Amazon looks moving forward? Does it make Amazon a kinder culture? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I, I have I have two sides of the. I, I can answer it both ways, and it's I think it's a complex uh, answer. Um, one side is the guy now running Amazon's retail business, and yes, it's a guy. Um, uh, not surprisingly, at Amazon. Uh, the guy running the retail business now is is Dave Clark, who has run the warehouse network operations for years um, in sort of a cutthroat fra- fashion. Great Bloomberg profile of him said his nickname used to be the sniper because he would, in his early days, hide out in an Amazon warehouse to watch workers and maybe fire people on the spot if they weren't doing the right thing. So Clark is running that retail business. Um, and... Uh, He's he's a tough guy. Um, I will, you know, the Jassy thing I'm interested about coming from AWS and helping to invent that is that you. I've talked to Amazon exe- former execs who won't say this publicly, but privately will tell me, Jason, when's the last time Amazon has really had a breakthrough invention? Like, you know, and they will point out Alexa, AWS, you know, um, Kindle. And like the initial idea for Amazon, basically, and uh, and what and just say like um, when where is that when is that new biz, like new breakthrough invention lead to a new business? And you can look at things like hands free technology in stores. And um, anyway, so my big thing is will Jassy lead to you know will his taking over in some way directly lead to the next great invention? And, you know, does Amazon even need that? I don't, you know, with all the room to grow in retail, in logistics, in media, in Alexa, the things they already do well, it doesn't really feel like that. But there's an argument some former execs would say privately that they they worry that the company's already, you know, um, uh, touching day two, which is this idea of like, when you stop becoming that invented, inventive, scrappy um no hold, no holds barred startup. I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, those are some of the, Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to know whether it's going to... Yeah, well, first of all, I see there's a worry that it's going to be defend your flagship company, maybe like a Microsoft in the Windows days versus an Amazon invent, 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 and don't give a, a damn about what you've built so far, which has been the mantra under Bezos. But yeah, the thing is that I wonder about you know, whether it becomes a nicer company. Um, one of our former guests, Tim Bray, uh, who left Amazon at a protest uh, that they fired some whistleblowers, spoke with you for your story about Andy Jassy. And I was surprised at how positively he reacted. He said, AWS was by a wide margin, the best managed place I've worked, including places I was the CEO. <laughs> uh, and, and that was surprising to me. 
And uh, I want to know whether that's surprising to you. And he had also in his memo that when he left said there's a vein of toxicity running through Amazon culture. Do you think what Tim Bray is saying and that is that vein of toxicity was Jeff Bezos? Well, let me first say, I asked Tim if he would talk to me about Andy Jassy and did not have any idea what he was going to say. And so, yes, I was surprised just because of the way he went out. How Yeah, he lit the I, place on fire when he was yeah, going. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I asked him, like, how do we make, how do I, how do I, you know, uh, make sense of you going out the way you did? And then this praise of Jassy. And he basically said, he doesn't think Jassy has had anything to do with the the whistleblower firings that he was really upset about. The truth is, Andy Jassy's on the S team at Amazon, you know, um, and so I, I don't know that he oversaw those firings. I don't think he did, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was if, That's he, if there was input. leadership team. Correct. Sorry. Yeah, um, my editor would tell me the same thing. Don't yeah. assume. Don't assume people know. Um, uh, <laughs> so so I was surprised. I think. I think Bray was talking more about, you know, the DNA that comes from Bezos. I think that is true. I've had people describe Jassy to me as, while there are a lot of similarities in management style and philosophy, that um, uh, more human, which is a weird thing, a weird way to describe a person, but more human than Jeff Bezos. Um, The word empathetic has been used as well. I think he's a hard charging executive for sure, but I think I think some people internally have a hope that the place will become uh, you may have described it as a, a nicer place. How that manifests itself externally, I I, I have no idea, but I'm going to be looking for any sort of signs of of change. Um I'll stop there, but those are some of my thoughts on that topic. Yeah, having studied Amazon, I think it's a solid company. I think the biggest weakness that the company has is that it does have a lack of empathy. Uh, and you can see it manifest in terms of the way that it will work its workers sometime, or even you referenced this in your story. There was concern about conditions uh, around workers in the beginning of COVID. And instead of like taking those seriously, they organized a smear campaign against one of their employees and said internally that he wasn't very smart and inarticulate. And yeah. so how do you think the company, let's say the company does get more <laughs> empathetic. I mean, I know we're in speculation territory now, but how do you yeah. think that might change it? And can it make it, I mean, we know they're going to be hauled. Well, I'll ask the next question about the FTC after this, but how, how sure. would a more empathetic Amazon be changed from, from what it is stated? Does it make it stronger? <sighs> um. The, the answer I want to give is that, yes, it would make it stronger. But then I look at um, all the coverage, all the, you know, employee activism and uh, many of it negative, right? Shining a negative light on the company and yet record sales and profits through the pandemic. And I just, you know, and people will say it's not on consumers to vote with their wallets. You know, they're just trying to, you're just trying to get by day to day. Um but I, I, I don't know. I don't know that being more empathetic will make it a more, a more popular company. I just, yeah, um, I think people. I think the service is just so except has historically been so exceptional and far and away the best in retail that um, pe- people just you know people just make decisions that are best for them when it comes to you know buying stuff. Um, 
I think, I think recruitment wise, I think, um, yeah, no one wants to be at the center of potential antitrust, uh, enforcement. I, I think all of that could yeah, help. Where do you, talk on that. Cause we only have a couple of minutes. Yeah. Sure. Talk on the antitrust stuff. Um, is that a real threat to Amazon? Cause they're coming after Google and Facebook. Yeah. I, I think I've talked to, I've talked to people about, does the government have the bandwidth to take on more than two giants? Um, I think separating the cases to DOJ, FTC, and then states, maybe so. Um, I think there's still a real risk Amazon's facing. Um, I, I, I've been surprised at how combative they've been with critics over the last few years from both a uh, communications and public policy so, uh, side. I just think um, they had a lot of friends on Capitol Hill um, a few years ago, and now they go in there and every conversation doesn't start with, oh, I'm an Amazon Prime customer. It starts with an in sort of interrogation. Um, and that's what, you know, that's sort of what I've mm-hmm. learned over the years reporting. And so I just, maybe Jassy will instruct his comms and policy teams to like take a different tact. I'm just, uh, I just will believe it when I see it. And so, yes, I think there's real risk. risk. You know, I've reported Lena Khan, um, sort of, uh, I, I don't know if you want to describe Lena, but, um, uh, wrote no, this paper. Yeah. Lena is sort of an antitrust scholar and was the, a lawyer on the house antitrust co- subcommittee that investigated the tech giants who believes all these companies need to be reined in. She's, she's in contention for an FTC commissioner spot, which would be a very big deal. Um, I think there's real risk and, you know, you would think Jassy might not want to sit down before Congress or, you know, other, other courts, um, and might want to take a different tact, but smart people inside that company think the best way forward is to be, um, somewhat combative and dismissive of some, you know, some of these complaints. And so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here to watch the ride. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah, it's going to be intense, and they won't—they won't easily get past the, go- the government on this stuff. I think it's going to be a, a rocky few years for Amazon. Uh, we'll have more to say about it on the show. Lastly, you hosted the first season of Land of the Giants, great podcast with Recode. I was a fan of it uh, and remain a fan of it, and now I'm going to be hosting uh, this season, premiering on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, about Google. So I just want to say a quick thank you, Jason, for pioneering the show and to everybody out there, uh, give it a listen. It's going to be fun. We get everybody from Larry and Sergey's advisor, Terry Winograd to Marissa Meyer and people who've worked on products like uh, Toolbar and Chrome and folks involved in the uh, employee protest. So thank you, Jason, for laying the groundwork on that front. As long as people start with season one about Amazon, I'm I'm happy to help. (laughs) It's a great, it's a great, I mean, really it was a great season. I sourced it in my book. I thought it was, was great. Um, You got some great access one and two fulfillment centers and towns that had been impacted by fulfillment centers that had set up shop and left. Um, so when people are finished with the Google season, then they should go listen to your season. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine with me. I'm very excited yeah. to start listening to your season. All right. Sounds good. Well, Jason, it was great to reunite. Really nice to see you again. Congrats on all the great work. And uh, you'll have to come back when you're on your book tour. Thanks, Alex, so much. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been another great week here on the Big Technology Podcast. Shorter episode this week. We're doing some experimentation. uh, And so let's see if people like this better or they like it worse. 
As always, your feedback is uh, appreciated. You can always send it to bigtechnologypodcast at gmail.com. Next week, a special episode. We're going to air it Tuesday to sync up with the launch of Land of the Giants, three mayors on the future of technology in the United States. Mayor Francis Suarez from Miami, Mayor Steve Adler from Austin, Mayor Satya Rodecone from Madison, Wisconsin. That'll be a fun one. I'm about to go jump and do that interview. So I hope that you join us and stay tuned. And thanks again for listening. Big thanks to Red Circle for hosting and selling ads. A big thanks to Nate Gawatney for editing this on a short timeline. And thanks again to our guest, Jason Delray. We will see you next week here on the Big Technology Podcast. Big Technology Podcast.